Good morning. Good morning. Well, I'm not Donna, but I am her best. So she sort of uh, under the weather a little bit this morning. She said, I told her, I said, well, I'll, I will chair for you this morning. She said, would you please? I said, yes, I would. Anyway, good to have each of you here this morning. We've had a beautiful week this week. This weather's really been pretty, so it's good to have each of you. If you're visiting with us today, good to have each of y'all with us today also. And uh, the restrooms are out the back down the hall. Also, if you've got children, you want to go to the children's uh, church and look at that after they go down, you're welcome to go down there to that. We've got a... Uh, on the visitors, if you're visiting with us for the first time, if you would, fill out a Connect card and just leave that in your pew, and we'll be glad to pick that up. That'll give us some information on you. We've got a few announcements. Wednesday, we've got Bible study with uh, Brother Carvin Adams uh, at 6.30 Wednesday evening. Uh, next uh, Sunday, Scott Lamb will be back with us with the the uh, service. Tell Rebecca we missed her again today. Also, our Christ birthday offering, we will be taking that up on uh, December the 19th. Isn't that right, Miss Carolyn? Okay. Uh, youth Christmas party will be this Friday, this Friday, which is December the 10th, at uh, six o'clock here at the church and on um brother carvin's mission we have been we had an offering for that and uh, over fifteen hundred dollars have come in so far for that so we thank god for that thank each one that's contributed to that so if you haven't uh, you can see uh carolyn on that if you have any more to put in on that uh, also, the recognition of the uh, birthdays is on the screen. I can't see the screen. So, and they're also on the back of the program this morning. So that'll be on there. And were you going to sing happy birthday to them? Yeah, we're going to sing. And happy anniversary? We're going to sing. <laughs> If you have a birthday or anniversary in December and are able to stand so we can recognize you, please do. And if you want to just stay seated, that's okay, too. We're fixing to sing happy birthday and happy anniversary. Happy birthday. didn't stand this morning, happy anniversary or happy birthday to you. 
And if they wasn't here with us this morning, give them a call and tell them during this month. They didn't think they've been married a long time. <laughs> yeah. That could be right, too. That could be good. I've got a couple of readings this morning. And I think I've got all the announcements in. It's good to have you with us this morning. Thank you for making the effort to get up and come and worship with us this morning. You must do the work required to come in order in every phase and function of your life. I have provided the avenue for you to be in my flow spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and in your circumstances, but you have to do your part and cooperate with my work. This requires concentration, concentrated efforts and spiritual focus, which you are well able to do if you want to. Be diligent. This is John 7, 38. He who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Sorry about that. Uh, we had our sermon last week. Scott brought us a sermon on hope, and Don had found something, wanted me to read this this morning. It says, if you only carry one thing throughout your entire life, let it be hope. Let it be hope that better things are always ahead. Let it be hope that you can get through even the toughest of times. Let it be hope that you are stronger than any challenge and come your way. Let it be hope that you are exactly where you are meant to be right now and that you are on the path of where you are meant to be. Because during these times, hope will be the very thing that carries you through. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you've given us. We thank you for the love that you have for each of us and for the hope that you give each of us, Lord, for eternal hope in our life. And we just ask you to be with us in this service this morning that your name would be raised up, Lord. We ask this in your name. Amen. Won't you stand with us this morning as we begin our service with, Oh, come all ye faithful. Oh. 
second advent candle this candle is lit for love God's love is lifting coming to us that we might demonstrate his love to the world God's love is measureless never ending unquenchable God's unmerited love calls us to service it calls us to share his love with everyone in our world everyone the homeless man or woman begging for help on the corner Everyone, the CEO, the executive whose identity is lost in the emptiness of a career. Everyone, the motherless child seeking acceptance in all the wrong places. Everyone, the grandfather forgotten in a nursing home. Everyone, the co-worker you see every day. Everyone, the flight attendant you will only see once. Everyone, the minister discouraged in ministry. Everyone, the soldier far away from home. They will know we are Christians by our love, by our love. They will know we are Christians by our love. May the Lord flood you with an unending, undying love for one another and for all humanity, so that your hearts will be reinforced with this strength, held blameless and holy before God, our Father, when our Lord Jesus, the anointed and liberating King, appears along with all of his holy ones. Amen. 1 Thessalonians 3, 12 through 13. Dear Lord, we thank you for loving us, sending us your Son, that we might be saved. Father, we are forever grateful. We thank you again for your grace and your love. Amen. Thank you, Hannah and Reuben. On a prayer request this morning, uh, I'd like to say that um, we appreciate everybody's thoughts and prayers this week uh, during the passing of uh, Meredith's mom. And so just remember... Remember that family and her grandmother did pass away this morning at 2:45. So that was uh, her mom was taking care of her dad's mother, and so she passed this morning at 2:45. Uh, uh, remember Sandy Adams, Marlon Mitchell. He had surgery this week, and I think he's improving. So just keep them in your prayers. Ken McConnell. Jerry Crane, uh, Alton Cooper, Erwin Brown, uh, Mitchell, Marie, and uh, L.B. Honeycutt, and L.B. Good to have you with us this morning. Jesse and Tyler Reagan, the COVID situations, the people traveling, and also uh, just uh, continue to pray for our search team, for our church, and for other churches that are or looking for pastors right now. So just remember each of that. Um, if you have a, a prayer request that you need to have put into the bulletin, you can reach Karen Odom and her number is is on here. And also if you wanted a prayer group text, her number's on there and you can, uh, you can contact Karen with that also. And I forgot to mention earlier our uh, the Christ birthday offering. Our goal on this is uh, $1,200. And also, if you did not pick these books up, this is a meditation journal. They're out through the back doors on the table on the left. 
and they're in the basket. So anyone that didn't get that, you you can pick those up out there. Again, uh, it's good to have uh, Scott Lamb with us this morning. And Scott, if you would come and pray for us and then bring our service. Thank you very much. None of you got up and went to children's church. <laughs> we become creatures of habit, don't we? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm thankful that you're here and thankful for God's love and his mercy, his grace, as Reuben and Hannah shared through the, the candle lighting earlier. Um, thankful for God hearing and answering prayers. Sometimes we don't understand why God doesn't answer certain prayers. And sometimes, um, he is and we just don't realize he is <laughs> and uh, so we just have to trust him right and um, and in that uh, let's pray this morning God we do trust you this morning we know that um, all things are in your hands God um, as the old song we used to sing as kids goes you have the whole world in your hands and God you are trustworthy with it God we can depend on you Now we don't understand um, what seems like an unanswered prayer sometimes. We don't know what you're doing behind the scenes. We don't know uh, what, what you did to make it work out in the best way, which wasn't a way that we thought it would. Uh, God, uh, we continue to pray and we continue to trust you because that's what you, you require of us, that we trust you. And God, um, some things your word says don't come simply because we just don't ask. So God, we continue to ask. And then we trust you to do what's best. So, God, in all these things that were mentioned in these prayer requests, God, we just uh, lay it at your feet and depend on you and trust you to take care of it in your way and in your timing. God, we pray you give comfort to those that are hurting and um, just um, send your spirit there just to be like a warm blanket for them. God, we uh, pray that you give safety to those who are traveling during this time. God, we just... Um, Ask that all these things that we do during the season of hustle and bustle, that we'll be able to just uh, focus on you and the gift that we have in Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> of Bethlehem appeared a star while angels sang in lowly shepherds three wise men seeking truth they traveled from afar hoping to find the child from heaven and falling on their knees they bow before the humble 
Prince of Peace. We bring an offering of worship to our King. No one on earth deserves the praises that we sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh Lord, I bring an offering to you. The sun cannot compare to the glory of your love. There is no shadow in your presence. No mortal man would dare to stand before your throne. Before the Holy One of Heaven. It's only by your blood, it's only through your mercy, Lord, I come. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh Lord, I bring an offering to you. I bring an offering of worship to my King. No one on earth deserves the praises that I sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh Lord, I bring an offering to you. We bring an offering to you. We are an offering to you. We are an offering to you, Jesus. We bring an offering of service to our King. No one on earth deserves the praises that we sing. Jesus, may you receive the honor that you're due. Oh Lord, I bring an offering to you. Oh Lord, we bring an offering to you. We bring an offering to you. We are an offering to you. An offering to you.
offering to him. Now, he was a gift to us, right? But uh, in response to that and his great love, and that's what we're talking about this morning, his love, we bring an offering to him. And we are an offering to him. Our life is an offering to him. And we're going to get into that some uh, this morning. No, I, I made a little slip there on one of the words. And I said we bring an offering of service to the king. The real words in the lyrics said an offering of worship. But we're going to talk some today about how that goes hand in hand. And um, our worship is through service. So we continue this week in the sermon series that's suggested by the Christian Women Connection through the Advent season. The lighting of the candles that we're doing is so beautiful and I love that we're doing that. But it correlates with the weekly observance during the Advent season. And as we've seen, uh, they've chosen the theme Christmas Together. And you may have gotten the little booklets to help you go through the devotional times daily. Christmas Together for All the People. And that's based off Luke chapter 2, verse 10, which says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. That's good news, that it's for all the people, because that includes us, right? Now, last week, if you remember, it was all about hope, and the tagline was, Seek Together. And this week, as you saw during the candle lighting service earlier with uh, Reuben and Hannah, the candle of love, we'll be focusing on love with the idea of serving together, serving together. You might remember that we had a message about serving a few months back. It was titled, Get Your Serve On. Anybody remember that? And we read from Romans 12:1, and I'm just going to read that as a little reminder and an intro to this. He says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, which is your spiritual service of worship. Now, did you notice the words of the song I just sang? We bring an offering of worship to our King. Now, we are worshiping God when we're serving Him. And what does the service of worship look like? As we read in Romans 12 just now, it looks like presenting my body as a living and holy sacrifice. Presenting, as in a present, a gift an offering of worship. In our worship of God, we're serving Him through presenting ourselves to Him in a sacrificial way, really. This shows our love for Him. Love is expressed through sacrifice. Amen? Anybody loved, you know that that involves sacrifice. We can see this type of love exemplified in the life of Christ. And it's this type of love that is to be expected of his followers. A love shown through serving and through sacrifice. Serving in love. That's what we're on this morning. This sounds like Jesus, does it? Serving in love. Couldn't we learn a lot about our topic this morning from Jesus himself? Love and serving. They're nicely tied together in a pretty little Christmas bow in Jesus himself. I'd like for us to think for a minute about a little obscure scripture that maybe you've heard once or twice in your life, 
John 3.16. Anybody here ever heard that one? Okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Or the way I memorized it as a kid from the King James Version, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. I like that word, everlasting. Everlasting life. Love. Love. We see that in this scripture, don't we? Out of love, God gave his son. It says it right there. For God so loved the world that he gave. Out of love, God gave his son. Jesus is a loving gift from God the Father. The gift, Jesus, is a gift of love because it's a gift which does what it says in John 3, 16 that it does. It rescues us from perishing. It rescues us from perishing and allows us to enjoy that everlasting life that it talked about. Not only is the giving of his son a loving act, but the gift itself, Jesus, is loving. Jesus exhibits his great love by fulfilling the purpose of the Father's gift. And what's the purpose of the Father's gift? Providing eternal life for those who would be perishing. Jesus exemplifies love by fulfilling that purpose. And we'll see that some as we go on this morning. In order to fulfill this purpose, Jesus had to give of himself. He had to give himself over to suffer and to die. A sacrificial death to atone for the sins of all those whosoevers. We also see in this scripture serving. Serving. Even though Jesus is the Son of God and part of the triune God, the Trinity, when he put on flesh and blood and dwelt among us, he humbled himself as a servant. A servant. He showed his great love for man and his great obedience to the will of the Father by laying down his life so that we could live. Scripture says there's no greater love than that, than one who would lay down his life. Jesus came not to be served, but to serve. To serve. He served mankind by giving up his own life in order that all who trust in his sacrifice may escape the death that we deserve in exchange for the eternal life that he provides for us. Now, in response to his great love and his mercy to us, we serve him. It's a response. It's not something that we're trying to, to do to do good acts of service so that we can gain his attention and he'll love us. No, in response to his great love and in response to what he's already done for us, in response to that, we serve him. So let's read some about serving him and what it looks like to follow the footsteps of Jesus by serving others. The love of Jesus is the perfect example of how to love through serving others. If we want to follow the example of love lived by Jesus, which as Christians, I hope you'll agree that we should want to do that, we will notice there will be a focus on serving people. 
I can see how it's possible to serve people without loving them. Can you see that? People in servitude, maybe a slave, a, a servant of some sort, maybe even just someone working as a waitress at a restaurant. They serve someone, they don't necessarily love them. They might despise them. So it's possible to serve someone without loving them, but I would suggest that it's not possible to love without serving. If you love, you're going to serve. That's just how it works. And that's the example Jesus gives us. It is how you love by serving. We've received the Father's great gift of love, Jesus, and the life that we enjoy because of his sacrifice. We have his love growing inside us, one of the fruit of the Spirit. Now it's our turn to love. His love inside us is meant to spill over, right? To spill over onto other people. And as we follow the example of Christ's love, we will find ourselves serving others. That's how it works. <laughs> Are we seeing that happen? Are we serving others in love? That's what I've titled the sermon this morning, Serving Together in Love. As God's church, all together, as part of the theme this week or this month, all together, we serve others in love. We have the great love of God to share, and that love is exhibited through serving others. So how do we do it? Our tendency may be just serving by giving token gifts, so to speak, that help us feel better about ourselves. But God receives worship through our sacrifice, as we read in Romans. And God blesses our sacrifice. Does our serving others require a sacrifice on our part? What example does the life of Jesus give us? Jesus is a gift of love sent to the world by God. And he shows us that fulfilling his purpose for being sent involves serving. Let's go to our key passage this morning, Mark chapter 10, verses 35 through 45. We're going to read an account of Jesus helping his disciples to understand a little bit about this serving in love. Mark 10, 35 through 45. James and John, the two sons of Zebedee, came up to Jesus saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And he said, what do I look like, a genie in a bottle? <laughs> no, that's what I would have said. <laughs> no, but Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, grant that we may sit, one on your right and one on your left, in your glory. But Jesus said to them, you do not know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with, a baptize, with the baptism with which I'm baptized? They said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, the cup that I drink, you shall drink. And you shall be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized. But to sit on my right or on my left, this is not mine to give. But it is for those for whom it has been prepared. 
Hearing this, the ten began to feel indignant with James and John. So here's the other ten, besides the, the two that asked this question. They began to feel indignant, it says. In verse 42, calling them to himself, Jesus said to them, You know that those who are recognized as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. But it is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Amen. I'm going to take the time to read a little paragraph that was in the introduction in my study Bible to the Gospel of Mark. Because I thought it was interesting that it kind of backed up this scripture. Sorry, I didn't have it marked. Here we go. It says, we're number one. The greatest, the strongest, the prettiest champions. That sound like something we hear the world shouting? Daily, such proclamations boldly assert claims of supremacy. Everyone wants to be associated with a winner. Losers are those who finish less than first. And I might add, as Dale Earnhardt used to say, <laughs> second place is the first loser. You ever heard that? <laughs> But in direct contrast are the words of Jesus. And whoever wishes to be the first among you shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus is the greatest. God incarnate, our Messiah, but he entered history as a servant. I like that. Jesus entered history as a servant, knowing that he was born to die. What love. This passage we just read gives us a picture of what it looks like to serve in God's kingdom. It's clear that with their question, James and John were declaring that they understood the kingdom of God to be about power and about control. But I love the phrase in verse 42, says, Jesus called them together. It's like Jesus was saying, okay, boys, time for a little team huddle, all right? We're going to go over the playbook again, because I don't think you're quite getting it. In this group huddle, they heard the essence of Jesus' mission recounted again for them. I'm sure they'd heard it before. Jesus, God incarnate, had come to serve others with his life, leaving us an example of how to live. And he had come specifically, he had come to sacrificially give his life in order to pay the ransom that sin demanded, that we could be set free. He had been born to die. The Word became flesh. We read a lot from the book of John uh, last month, and that's in there. It said, the Word became flesh 
And it did so in order to serve us and to die in our place. And that's why we can celebrate Christmas. We celebrate not only the arrival of the infant king, but the one who came to serve us and to suffer on our behalf. For his entrance into the world would have been for nothing if he hadn't done what he came to do. But praise the Lord, he did, right? He did accomplish and finish the mission that he came to do. And love was put on display through his sacrifice. Jesus touched blind eyes. He blessed children. He stilled storms. He cast out demons. He walked many miles. Put many hours in each day to add value and quality of life to people that society had already just thrown to the trash. But Jesus instilled value in them. He took time to have conversations with people. He fed the hungry. He lived in friendship with his disciples. His work was not done with all that stuff that he did. His work was not done until he cried from the cross, it is finished. But he did cry that, so it was finished. He did do what he set out to do in his mission. He came to serve and to die. Service and sacrifice were the path that Jesus was laying out before his disciples here. And it's the path that he expects us to follow as well. When we look at the ways that Jesus served, I want us to consider three characteristics of the way he gave his life before he ultimately gave his life on the cross. Willingly, intentionally, sacrificially. Now, there's a sermon that the um, CWC put out to go along with this Advent season. And um, I've taken some things from this to help us to be able to, um, to identify with these, uh, these characteristics here of Jesus and serving. And help us to see how we are to follow that example also. So first, willingly. Jesus willingly voluntarily came to serve and save. Now, while it's true that Jesus sent the Son, we read that in John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. God sent His Son, but Jesus wasn't what we would say voluntold, right? <laughs> he, he wasn't just, uh, okay, Go get them, son. You, you got to do it. No, I picture it more like Jesus, like a player on the sideline next to the coach waiting to be put into the game, right? And he was, he was wanting to go. He willingly went to do the mission that he had before him. His service was willing. Philippians 2 says much about the humility. I'm not going to take the time to read it. But you can read it this week if you'd like. But it says a lot about the humility of Jesus. He willingly left heaven. He willingly lay aside his glory. Remember he said he did not count uh, the glory of something to be attained. But he humbly took on a, uh, the role of a servant. Philippians chapter 2, read that. 
I like how uh, Reverend Melissa Pratt put it. Listen to this. She says, From the moment the Savior donned swaddling clothes to the moment people gambled for his clothes as he hung on the cross, every moment in between was spent modeling servanthood. With every loving act, every extra moment of time, every intentional move to elevate someone or to alleviate their suffering, Jesus revealed that the ladder of spiritual success is not one characterized by some sort of climb or ascension, but it is rather about descending to a place of humble service. I like that. Most of the time we think of when we talk about a ladder, we think about climbing up the ladder to ascend to some level. But Jesus' picture and what he displayed for the disciples here and what he put as an example to them of what, the, what it looks like to serve in God's kingdom, okay, it could be a ladder, but it's a ladder of going down, descending to be a humble servant, one who is willing to lay themselves down and put others before themselves in service, in service. And this is what Jesus is putting before us as a life that we can follow him. Humble service. He modeled it before us. How are we doing at following his example? When we consider the characters of the Christmas story, no, I appreciate them reading the Charlie Brown, or playing the Charlie Brown thing earlier. You know, I could just picture it, you know, the, them doing their little play. But when we think of the characters of the Christmas story, Mary, the mother of Jesus, stands front and center. What impresses me most is not that she was chosen for the task of mothering the Messiah, but that she was willing to do it. We're talking about willingness here, right? Sacrificial or willing service. Luke chapter 1 tells the story of the angel's visit to the, the young virgin Mary. And after getting over the shock of the angel and all, <laughs> Mary was fixed on the words of the angel. She didn't um, go against it. She didn't, she didn't say no. Why me? Here's what she said. Luke 1.38 I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She had a willing servant's heart. And God was able to use that to be able to fulfill his purpose for the world through Jesus Christ. So Christmas only became possible because Jesus and Mary willingly accepted their roles as servants of the Heavenly Father. And that willing heart, that heart of a servant, was embedded in Jesus and Mary. Pastor Pratt says this, Willingness is born from surrender. Think of that. Willingness is born from surrender. Both Mary and Jesus were willing because both were living in full surrender to God. And because of that surrender, nothing was impossible for God to accomplish through their lives. Surrender. Willingness sets us up to receive supernatural power for supernatural assignments. You might say, well, I can't do what Jesus did. I can't serve like people like he did. I can't make blind people see. I can't make crippled people will be able to walk. I can't serve like that. But what God expects of us is not that. But He expects us to be willing 
servants. Available. That's our ability that we need. We don't need the ability to be able to do some of these grand things. We just need the availability. Availability to be willing and let God work through us to serve other people. Can you see how he does that? So what is your level of willingness when it comes to serving others? I can tell you it's tied to your level of surrender to the Lord. So willingness. Secondly, we see in Jesus' example of serving is that he was intentional. Intentionally serving. Mark chapter 10, verse 45, again, our key verse. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. That's intentional. He came to serve. Jesus was on a mission to serve. His service was intentional. I like uh, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 19, Jesus is basically reading his job description. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus was on a mission, and here's what his job description was, basically. He planned to minister to, to connect with, to reach, and to love, and to serve all people. The poor, the imprisoned, the blind, the oppressed, all people. Jesus was saying, I'm here for you. And in practical ways, he went about meeting needs that were all around him in the people that he came across. And I don't think he just happened across them. I think he was intentional to put himself where he needed to be to meet the need of the people that, uh, that he met. Acts 10.38 says, Jesus went around doing good. He walked from place to place. He's like, can I help you carry that? Uh, excuse me, can I provide some healing for you? He spent one-on-one -on -one time and he was purposeful with people. Do you remember the woman at the well? Jesus didn't just stumble across her on some random trip. He meant to meet up with her. Which meant extra steps and extra time. Sacrifice. Just to be where she was. And do you know it took just one encounter with Jesus to change everything with her? Go back and read that story about the woman at the well. One burden lifted, one insight gained can change the whole trajectory in a person's life. And in her case, the whole town. You'll go back and read it. Jesus didn't isolate himself from opportunities to serve people. He didn't insulate himself from other people's problems, but he inserted himself into them because he came for the purpose of serving all people. It didn't matter if it was a despised tax collector or a thief or a prostitute or a shady religious person. His heart was open to them and he went to their homes, he walked with them and talked with them and he cared for them and he served them.
those who have truly experienced the love of God for themselves will become intentional about loving others with the same kind of service. And Jesus' kind of service was truly extended to all people, even his enemies. That's what you call taking it to the next level, right? Now, um, you know, I used to work for Brookshire's, and they had a, a policy, or it was a thing that they called, as far as their next level, they called it jump over the counter service. Jump over the, and they even offered an award to an employee that exemplified that level of service, that next level of service. Jump over the counter service. I think it's pretty next level stuff to serve your enemies. This is exhibited by Jesus when he washed his disciples' feet, including the feet of an enemy, his betrayer, Judas. In John 13, 1, we read, It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his who were in the world, he loved them to the end. He loved them to the end. Even though he knew there was an enemy among them, there was a betrayer among them, he loved and he served. And as Jesus stooped to wash Judas's feet, he was demonstrating the intention of his mission, which was to serve and save all, even those who conspired against him. How intentional am I? How intentional are you in the way that we serve others? How do we build serving others into the routine of our day, into the routine of our week? Are we intentional about it? Have we made plans to serve an enemy? Whoa. So Jesus was willing. He was intentional. And lastly, third, he was sacrificial. His serving was a sacrificial serving. It cost Jesus personally every day to serve others. Word got out about the many ways that Jesus was serving others, and he quickly became in high demand. Remember, we see about the crowds that would come around him wanting something from Jesus. Serving others is rarely convenient. Think about it in your own life. Serving others is rarely convenient. It requires a rearranging of our priorities, a restructuring of our resources, and it requires physical and mental energy. It's the epitome of discipleship as it places us in the footsteps of Jesus who emptied himself repeatedly as a servant of those he encountered. When Jesus asked his followers to take up their cross and follow him daily, he wasn't simply inviting them to die to self and to sin, but he was also asking them to live for him. Remember that living sacrifice that we talked about at the beginning? That living sacrifice to serve the way he served, which meant sacrifice. I won't take the time to go to it and read it, but you can remember the account of the Garden of Gethsemane and the suffering that Jesus was anticipating as he prayed. This is a sacrifice he had to make, but he willingly put himself there to do it because he knew that that was the way. He had to make a sacrifice to be able to serve us 
to do what was needed for us. What has it cost you to be a disciple, a servant who follows after Christ? Jesus explained to the disciples in the scripture we read earlier in Mark that following him would not be about power and control and some future kingdom, but it would be about service in the here and now. And that would be proof that we belong to him as we served him and served others. Through his life, he demonstrated that service in his footsteps would happen willingly, intentionally, and sacrificially. It's marvelous to celebrate the birth of Jesus. It's incredible to honor his death and burial and resurrection, right? But Jesus isn't calling us to simply commemorate his entrance and his exits. He's calling us to live his life. And his life was a life of what? Love and service. A life of service. How are we loving? How are we serving? They go hand in hand, don't they? I hope you've seen that today. If we're loving, we will be serving. Let's look to Jesus and think about that this Christmas season and into the new year, about how we can serve together in love. I want to close with uh, just a, a thought that, that came to me, I guess, as I was driving and praying this morning. And don't worry, I didn't write while I was driving. But I did uh, do voice to text. And I, so I have this uh, down, kind of what I, I felt like uh, God was kind of saying that he wanted to be said here at the end. He says, as far as our serving and giving goes, what is our level of sacrifice like? If I find that I'm quite comfortable in my sacrifice... I think I have to question myself as to whether it's really a sacrifice at all. Do comfort and sacrifice go together? I don't think so. I need to ask Jesus to search my heart and to help us to search our hearts so that we can see if we're serving the way that he would have us to. If we're giving the way that he would have us to. There's a line from a song by Phillips, Craig, and Dean. It's a song, Crucified with Christ. And it talks about when I look back on the, what I thought was living, I'm amazed at the price I chose to pay. Because what I thought was sacrifice was really not sacrifice. And it goes on to say, The cross will never ask for more than I can give. The cross, as I follow Christ, am I, as I'm an and open and available to him to use me to serve other people. I might say, oh, I don't want to have to um, put myself out there to be vulnerable, to give, like God would want me to give. But it says the cross will never ask for more than you can give. The thing is, God will give us what we need to live the life of loving service and sacrifice that he's calling us to. Living a life of open hands. I think sometimes we don't realize we have it until we surrender to give it away. Does that make sense? We, we, we're worried that we're going to have to give up something that's going to hurt us. 
That's what sacrifice is, right? And we say, well, I don't really have it to give away. But when we can make ourselves available to God and surrender to Him, He's going to give us what we need to be able to give it away to the people that need it. I like the idea of a conduit. You're familiar with the word conduit? Something that something flows through. God wants to use us to pour His love onto people through us. We just need to remain available, surrendered to His will, and an open conduit through which He can flow. I hope that was some good word for somebody here this morning. I felt like God gave it to me to give to somebody today. If nothing else, it was for me. <laughs> that God wants to use us to pour His love out to people. We do that through serving people. That's what Jesus did. As we follow the example of Christ in love, we're going to find that we're serving people. If we find that we're not serving people, I think we need to question ourselves. What can I do? What can I do to serve people? God's going to help us to be able to do it. As the musicians come forward, let's uh, consider that this morning and ask God to help us. God, we're thankful for your love for us, your great love that you showed to us through your, the gift of Jesus for us. The gift that, that uh, rescues us from perishing like we're destined to do because of the sin in our life. God, that was great love. A love that was shown through sacrifice, through serving. And God, that example before us through Jesus is an example for us to do the same to love others through serving and through sacrifice. God, help us to search our own hearts. Help us to see if we've just kind of gotten comfortable with our amount of serving, with our amount of sacrifice, and realize that if we're comfortable, it's really not sacrifice. God, we pray that uh, people can be touched with your love through us. And that comes through us surrendering to you and being open to you to be used as a conduit through which your love can flow to people. God, help us to see ways we, we can serve. I'm so grateful for this congregation. I, I look around and see servants' hearts all around. I see people who are finding ministries to get involved in, even starting ministries of their own to be able to reach people who need you and serving people. God, I pray that you help us not get just complacent and satisfied in things that we do, but always be looking for how you want us to serve people around us. God, I know you'll enable us to be able to do it. God, we love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Won't you stand, please, as we sing the beautiful song, Love Lifted Me.
Javi, for being here today with us. If you're visiting, please come back and visit with us again. Thank you, Scott, for the message of Jesus' love for us this morning. Call somebody this week and let them know you missed them here, or call them and just tell them it's good to, for them to be here with us. Let's pray, please. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day that you have given us. We thank you for the hope that you've given us, the love that you give for us daily, Lord. And as we go from here, we just ask that you just touch each of our hearts, deal with our hearts, as we go out to share your love, Lord, to other people. We just ask this in your name. Amen. <laughs>